You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. So today the message is entitled, Stay on the Way. And this is number two in the right way to plant and grow a healthy church. And we're going to, if you could please put your hands on your hearts and pray this with me. Nice and loud. Dear Jesus, nice and loud. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. So the first opening scripture is Matthew 7, 13 through 14. And it's from the Sermon on the Mount. And this has been one of our places that we have been grazing as a church. And that's the Sermon on the Mount. And it's a beautiful pasture with lilies to feed from. Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate. This is Jesus speaking. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So here Jesus is talking about entering through the narrow gate. He says, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Say the word destruction. Destruction. That's not where we want to go. But it's a broad road, Jesus said, that leads there. Uh, And many enter through it and many go on that road. Then he says, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So that's our foundation this morning. We are building this infographic together. And if you have any wisdom, let me know as we build this infographic together. The right way to plant and grow a healthy church. Last week, the main point was put intimacy above ministry. So... We looked at your phone, and no matter how close your phone is to the power outlet, it will not charge unless it's connected. And intimacy is connecting with him. It's the power behind authentic ministry. The second thing, and this is the main point for this morning, is stay on the way of worship, prayer, and the word. And so we're talking about how to plant and grow a healthy church, and we're all involved in that. That's something we're all doing together. And you could apply this to any church, any ministry, and these are critical things, critical things. And today, it's stay on the way of worship, prayer, and the Word. 
Stick to God's way. And this is what we want to do. This is our heart. This is our desire as a church. And this is something we need to all do together, corporately and personally. Stick to God's way. And we know that Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems to be right. There's a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. And this is what Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount as well. Listen to those words. There's a way that appears to be right. It seems to be right. It seems to be good. But in the end, it leads to death. So there's a lot of things that appear to be right with regards to growing a church, planting a church, uh, doing a ministry, doing good works. However, there's so many things that appear to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And we've got to be careful of those. So now let's look at Joshua 1, 6 through 9. This I translated a while ago, and if you're in Bible school, you would remember this. But look at what it says here in Joshua 1, 6 through 9. Be strong and resolute. Yes, you and the people will take possession of this land. I myself promise to give this land to your fathers. Still, be strong and resolute. Guard and keep all the teaching that I ordered Moses, my servant. And this is the part I want us to pay attention to. Do not swerve away from it to the right or the left. Stay on track. That's what I want to uh, highlight, underline. Do not swerve away from it. Uh, do, sorry, do not swerve away from it to the right or the left. Stay on track. Then your mission will make steady progress. And that's all I want to really focus on right now is that part. Do not swerve away from it to the right or the left. Stay on track. Then your mission will make steady progress. And so there's temptations to the right and to the left. There's temptations to the right and temptations to the left. So the Lord's way, all throughout Scripture, the Lord's way is a straight way. It's a narrow way. And there's temptations for us to veer to the left and to the right, or to the right and left. You can pick the order here. And so... Just be one second here. And so what are these temptations that are on the right and the left? Well, on the left side are sinful pleasures. And those are quite obvious. You know, you have the temp temptation of sinful pleasures and that are drawing us over to the left. But on the uh, sometimes we forget those temptations that I'm talking about that are on the right and those are things like self-inflicted pain and I when early in my walk a long time in my walk the Lord spoke to me about fasting and I started to fast and it was really good but then I went overboard with it I was for a long time I was fasting every other day and the Lord just said stop I was inflicting pain on myself. I was making these sacrifices that he was not calling, to me, calling me to make. Wow. 
And the Apostle Paul calls it as, you know, it's a seeming wisdom of, a, a, of harming, a self-imposed harm. And we can make sacrifices and harm ourselves or hurt ourselves, or it's like, oh, let me give away everything I have. But the Lord hasn't called you to give away everything you have. But it looks good and appears right. And this is what I want to bring, one of the things I want to bring out this morning is there are many different sins that appear right and appear righteous, but they are still sinful. Because what we're going to see later is that sin is missing the way and missing the mark. And so we can veer to the left or the right. On the left-hand side, we have liberalism, where basically the philosophy is everything goes, and it's a license to sin. But on the other side, you have legalism, where somebody is trying to fastidiously keep all the uh, laws, and more than that is not engaging in intimacy with God, and also making up many other different laws. And so this, of course, God wants us to be obedient, but his obedience is a relational obedience. It's not coming out of legalism uh, and man-made laws, and we're never attempting to be righteous before God through obedience. Uh, none of us will be righteous before God through obedience, because we all fall short. We obey because we love God, uh, but our righteousness comes from Jesus and the cross and his work. And so on the left-hand side, you have things like taking away from Scripture. There's things that God clearly says are sin and wrong, and we may take away from Scripture, but on the right-hand side is we're adding to Scripture, and that sounds righteous it sounds good we're adding all these laws and things and do's and don'ts and and we complicate matters and we put a burden on people that God had never meant to put on them so do you see what I'm saying there's God's way and that way is life it's it's life-giving on God's way there's constant renewal, there's constant life, there's constant joy and love and grace. It's, it's not boring because it's, it's, it's his freshness every day. It's his mercies that are new every morning. But we can drift away to one side or the other, and so we have to be careful about these, these things. Oop. Going back here. So we got sinful pleasures, self-inflicted pain, liberalism, legalism, taking away from scriptures, adding to scriptures, selfishness, selfishness veering off to the left, but then self-righteousness veering off to the right where we are getting, we're righteous in ourselves and rather than our righteousness coming from the Lord. And of course, it looks good. I, I would say, I, and, and Peter would know this uh, as a pastor, pastors, everybody expects you to do certain things. And so we're tempted to try to please everybody's expectations. And then if you do that, people say, oh, he's a good man, he's a good leader, you know, and then they, they praise you. But if you, choose, if you choose to do God's way, people are not going to understand. And people are going to throw stones at you, and people are going to get angry with you. And, and how come... How come you didn't meet my needs? And so there is a great temptation for leaders 
and Christians to be self-righteousness. Everybody's trying to dictate to us the right thing to do, and then we can go down that route of being praised by people rather than being praised by God. And these are all things as a church, as we're growing, as we're, it's a new beginning, we have to watch out that we don't veer to the left or right, and there's going to be constant temptations to do so. On a, one side, we have fleshly temptations, uh, things that, of course, many of us can uh, point to. We won't bring those out today. I don't want to corrupt the minds of the youth. I'm just being humorous here. <laughs> fleshly temptations, but on the other side are spiritual temptations. And spiritual temptations have, you know, things like fasting, like I mentioned before, but also different sacrifices like Saul. He offered all these sacrifices and then God spoke to him through the prophet Samuel and said to him, to obey is better than sacrifice. So we have these spiritual temptations that, again, these things appear and they look good. On one side, we have pride, but on the other side, we have false humility. Again, do you see how it's easy to veer to the left or to the right? And we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and focus on going straight ahead on his way. And how you know you're on his way is there's life, there's power, there's grace, there's joy. And you stay on that way through intimacy with God. Lastly, there are temptations to the left, evil, you know, clear evil, clear things that are wrong, like idolatry, like murder, like covetousness, like stealing, like adultery. All these things are clearly evil. We know that they're wrong. But then, like I've been saying over and over, there's these things that are seemingly good, and this usually is the area where Christians can fall into many traps. They, it seems good. It seems right. Even for Eve in the beginning, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it seemed good. It seemed right. It was pleasing to our eyes. And that seeming goodness. And we can seem to be doing the right things and get ourselves very busy. But the end is death. Death. So there is a story that I want to bring out, and that is the young, the young and the old prophet. Have you heard of this story, the young and the old prophet? This is in First Kings 13. And this is what the Lord led me to this week. And this is an intriguing story, quite an odd story, a little bit of a dark story. And people, when they read this, scratch their heads, the young and the old prophet. So I'm going to take this slowly, and I'm going to take it in the, um, we're going to start in the middle of the story because it's quite a big story, and I don't want to go too long. And it's about a man of God. This man of God is a young man of God, and he has just done an amazing thing. He has just prophesied against a false altar that Jeroboam built. And Jeroboam stuck his, uh, uh, you know, stuck out, uh, sorry. Jeroboam pointed his hand out. 
I wasn't sure what I was trying to say. <laughs> stuck out, stuck out his hand, right? And he pointed out his hand, Jeroboam, and he said, seize that young man, because the young man just prophesied against him, prophesied against the altar. And Jeroboam's hand withered up right before him. He couldn't even draw it back. The altar split in two, so it's quite explosive and spectacular. And then the king said to the young man of God, pray for me, intercede, intercede before God that my hand would be better. And, and he interceded and Jeroboam's hand was better. That was the king. And so the king says to him, the king said to the man of God, come home with me for a meal and I will give you a gift. Because he restored him and just saw that altar crack into some you know, this amazing, spectacular event. And so Jeroboam says to the young man, the young man of God, come home with me for a meal and I will give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. So what was the command to the young man of God? Can you, I just read it. What was that? Yeah, don't stop. Go home. Take a certain way. It was a different way than he came, but take this way. But very clearly, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. The Lord himself spoke to the young prophet. You must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. Now, what was the king saying? Come home with me. I'm going to give you a meal and a gift because of what you did, which was a good thing. You know, you imagine being invited to the king's house and right there you're quite tempted. You did an amazing work of God, amazing miracle. And the king says, okay. I want to spend some time with you. I want to give you a gift. I want to reward you. But God spoke to him first. Now, we always need to remember what God spoke at first and always go back to what God spoke at first. He, God repeats himself, but sometimes he doesn't repeat himself because he's testing us. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water, return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return the way he had come to Bethel. Okay, the story goes on. Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. Their father asked them, which way did he go? And his son showed him which road the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said to his son, saddle the donkey up for me. And when they had saddled the donkey for him, he mounted it and rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? I am, he replied. So the prophet said to him, Come home with me and eat. So the first temptation is coming from the king. The next is coming from the prophet. The prophet wants to spend time with him. This is the older prophet. And what does he say to the young man? Come home and eat with, come home and with me and eat. And it's pretty much the same thing that the king said. Now, what should, we'll not read any of the story here, what should the young man do? Say no. 
even though this prophet is a man of God, even though this prophet is someone that should be respected and honored, the young man should be saying no here. Come home and come home with me and eat. Okay, let's keep on reading the story. Now it gets intriguing. What's going to happen? All right. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you. This is the young man speaking. I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord. Now, I just want to stop here. This is why it's so important to be intimate with God and hear him clearly, you know, hear him speak to your heart. And if they could do it in the Old Testament, you have Jesus, you can hear God too in the New Testament. Uh, Everyone can hear because we've been saved by his grace and brought into this amazing intimacy with God through Jesus. Well, I have been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way you came. So what does the old prophet say? And this is where it starts to mess with our head a little bit, but just listen to it. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. Do you see this? It seems good because the old prophet who he's supposed to respect says to him, an angel spoke to me and said, you're to come back with me. What is the mistake of the young man? He does not consult the Lord. He's listening to someone else's prophecy. He's veering from intimacy with God and listening to him. He should have said, no, God spoke to me this. I'll consult with him again. Uh, but this was the original word. He should have always went back to the original word. It's the same way with the scripture. God has spoken through his scripture. He's not going to be changing his mind. Can, can I hear you? God has spoke through his scripture. He is not going to veer from it or change his mind. The scripture gives us the straight way. And that's why we're always going back to it. What did he say? I don't care what angel somebody says they've seen, what prophecy they have received on the internet or YouTube or whatever they say, it does not matter. What does God's word say? This is the critical thing. So anyway, the young man got duped. He went with what seemed to be right. But remember our scripture in the beginning, there is a way that seems to be right, but the end of it is death. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. Oh, it seems like it's all going good. <laughs> now let's read the rest of the story. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. Now this is sometimes, you know, prophets are a bit out there. <laughs> he just lied to him. Now the word of the Lord comes to him and he cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. So now the old, older man brings him a opposite word. And this one is the word of the Lord. And he says, you have broken God's command. Let's go further. 
as we come to the end here. So then what is the fruit of all of this? When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, this is the young man, as he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was left lying on the road with both the donkey and the lion standing beside it. So he goes back on the way, a lion kills him. His end truly is death. And the lion doesn't even eat him. He just kills him and just kind of looks at him and looks at the donkey. So you can see it's like a, a supernatural thing that happened. Doesn't eat the donkey as well. But the old prophet then honors the young man and says, let him be buried in my tomb. So he was disobedient, but he was still honored in some way. And again, here is a sober lesson for us that we need to stay on God's way, that we need to listen to his word. Now, do you understand why I am saying stay on the way? Do you get it? I'll ask it again. Do you understand why I'm saying stay on the way? And there's a way that seems right to a man or person, but it ends up in death. And there we see Proverbs 16, 25. Now, there's something very interesting about this proverb. It appears two times in the book of Proverbs exactly the same way, this verse. There is a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death. It's said two times. One in Proverbs 14, another time in Proverbs 16. Another time just said a little bit different. It says something like the fool um, thinks he knows the right way, but the end thereof is death. And I'm just paraphrasing that. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've prophesied, or how great God has used you, there's only one way, the way of worship, prayer, and the word. Are you with me here? It doesn't matter who you are, what you've prophesied. Like the young man, he prophesied great things. God did miracles through him. But it doesn't matter who you are, what you've prophesied, or how great God has used you. There's only one way, and God's not going to bend it. There's only one standard. God's not going to change it. There's only one way, the way of worship, prayer, and the word. And so as we begin afresh, we've got to remember this. God's way is the way of worship. God's way is the way of prayer. God's way is the way of the word. And we need to stay on the way of worship, prayer, and the word. Even though there's things sparkling and glittering all around us saying, come here, come here, eat with me, try this out, try this method, try this thing. Stick to the way. And I think this is a major thing that God is trying to speak to his church worldwide. There's been so many sideshows going on and side alley uh, carnivals. And you can think of it about it like Christian in the book of Pilgrim's Progress. The enemy is always trying to get him off the way. He's got this way to walk and the enemy is trying to trying to always pull him off the way. Some try, something that looks dazzling and 
some things that uh, seem to be right to men, but they're not. It's easy to derive our own definition of sin. But according to Scripture, sin is simply missing the way or mark. Did you get that? That's the picture of sin when you study it in the original language of Hebrew and Greek. Sin is missing the way. It's veering off the way. So it's not just things that look evil. Sometimes there are things that look good. Sometimes there are things that men praise. Sometimes things that we think are good. But there's no life in them. And they don't come out of intimacy and a personal relationship with God. They come from other sources. So sin is simply missing the way or mark. Like if you were to take a target and you wouldn't hit the target at the bullseye. That's what sin is. It's drifting from God's word and will. It can come in good forms like busyness and trying to please everybody. It can come in good forms or trying to know everything. Or it can come in bad forms like stealing, lying, cheating. And especially today, we want to be careful of those good forms. Again, please be watchful of the bad forms too, but all of the good forms that are even more deceptive for us who believe because we don't want to, we don't desire these bad things, but what about those things that seem good? And the young man fell for that. And in our own spiritual maturity, sorry, in our own spiritual immaturity, in our own spiritual immaturity, we can fall for that too. So God let that young man go through it all so we would have a wake-up call. (laughs) I'm sure he didn't go. I figure he didn't go to hell. I figure God said, okay, you know, you went through your thing. He's like, Come here, come here with me, and uh, we've got our lesson. We've got it in the book here. Uh, you did so, <laughs> but you know, who knows? God is the judge there about what He does afterwards. Churches. Now we're thinking about churches ministries. Churches become unhealthy when we don't take worship seriously. When chatting is more important than praying. And when our opinions have greater weight than God's word, and this is what we have to watch out for, this is what veers us from worship, is we, start, we don't take worship seriously anymore. And we don't value it, and we don't treasure it. And, and you know, in our early walk, it was like we were, came to worship time. We're so excited to worship, and now we drag ourselves to worship. And... We don't want that. It's great to see that we are worshiping people as a church. And let's keep that. Amen? Here's another area where chatting can be more important than praying. So fellowship is important, but let's make sure we are also praying together. And our opinions can often have greater weight than God's word. Let's always go back to God's God's word. We're almost at the conclusion here. The good news is that God has given us his way. It's a simple way. And happy are those who stay on it. So God has given us his way. It's a simple way. And happy are those who 
stay on it. And it's our purpose as a church to stay on that way. And there'll be a lot of voices coming from either side saying, do this and do that. And we want to keep it simple and keep it focused on what God has said and do things his way and not just something that would appear to be right. And we all have to help each other with this. We all have to keep each other in line. Like when our conversation was starting to veer at Bible school, Barbara said, let's focus. <laughs> let's focus on what we've been learning and what is she doing? She's helping shepherd and we need to do that with all of us. Let's stay on the way. This is the last slide here. God's house, his church, is a house of worship and prayer. Let's just, let's let that sink in. God's house, his church, is a house of worship and prayer. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13, my house is a house of prayer for all nations. It's a place where God's word is honored in season and out of season. What did Paul say to Timothy? Preach the word in season and out of season. I remember when we started our church early and somebody got a book, you know, some Christian book. No, we don't need the preaching of the word. We just need to discuss it. And, and discussing is very important. I want us to discuss the word all the time, but the word also needs to be preached. And that's what, the, that's what Paul said, preach the word. Preach the word in season and out of season. Now, we've been in a time, I would say since COVID, the word has been out of season. It's not a time where everybody's flocking to hear the word of God. They're flocking to hear people that are tickling ears, but they're not flocking to hear the word of God. But as a church, we need to be, it doesn't matter what others are doing. We are going to preach the word in season and out of season. We're going to keep to the way of worshiping and prayer. We know that that's God's ancient way, his eternal way. It doesn't matter what's trending or popular. And this is the thing with churches and, and good pastors is we got to be courageous enough to be unpopular. Are you with me? And good churches and ministries have to be courageous enough not to go with the trends. And you saw last year when everybody was going with the trends, I said, no, we are sticking with the word. It came at a great cost. But I said, no, we are sticking with the scripture, with the word, and we are not revolving our church around side matters and matters of opinion and conscience. It's about scripture. It's about worship. It doesn't matter what's trending or popular, we stick to the eternal path. So we're going to end with Jeremiah 6.16. And this is something we have to, this is who we are. I don't want to be that young man getting eaten by a lion. Well, I'm no longer the old young man anymore. Huh? 
40, 47 years old. 47 years old. But I still look like the young man because I've been keeping from sin. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crosswords and look. Ask for the ancient paths. That's this olam in Hebrew, this eternal paths, forever paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. It's like what Jesus said. And you will find rest for your souls. And when we are on the way, there's rest, there's renewal, there's constant refreshment, there's empowerment, there's grace. Sadly, it says, but you said we will not walk in it. And we don't want to be rebellious. That was the, the flesh speaking. But we are of a different quality. We're those who walk in the spirit. And so we don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And we say, yes, Lord, I will walk in it. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray. Then we're going to end. We're ending here. Earlier, keeping it short and sweet. Father, I want to thank you for your word. It's eternal. I want to thank you for the way of worship and prayer that everybody here has been passionate about, and that's why they're here. I want to thank you for the way of you know, worship, prayer, and the word. May we always stay on that way. May people hearing this stay on the way. May we not add to your word or take away from it, but may we love it and value it and value you, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. This was your way. This is who you are. Jesus, you always lived to worship the Father. You always lived to listen to his voice. You you always live to pray to your Father. You have shown us the way. And we are not walking this way alone. We're walking it with you, Jesus. You're with us. When we get off, when we fall down, you pick us up. You seek after us. So, Father, keep us from veering to the left or the right. And bless this church, Lord, and all the ministries connected that they would prosper and stick to your way and not veer in all the temptations of these last days. Thank you, Jesus. We exalt you and praise you and magnify you. Amen. Amen. Do I hear an amen?